Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Friday, whoa, September 8th. Goodness, the fall season, in theory, is upon us. So glad that you are joining us for this round of our pastoral devotionals. Still fighting off a little bit of a, a cough and cold here, but nonetheless, we are here going for it. We're working our way through Matthew's Gospel. This coming Sunday at Four Oaks, we're going to be preaching on Matthew 9, 18 through 34. It's a little longer passage, but Matthew has grouped together three stories of healing, three stories or three episodes of deliverance. And we've been working through that this week, trying to understand why Matthew's grouped them the way that he has, what he's attempting to highlight, the different groups that are represented, how faith um, plays into this, the unbelief of the Pharisees. Well, we want to get down now to the heart of this passage. And uh, you may recall, of course, me using this illustration that biblical interpretation is, is kind of working our way through a series of concentric circles, starting on the outward circle, looking at context, um, how the, the passage is situated, what's, what's going on, the next circle in, how was it ordered in the particular book that we're studying, why is Matthew included it where he has, and then continuing to narrow, narrow that down till we get to that central circle, which is the heart of the text, the central meaning of the passage. And hopefully that's where we're going to land today. So let me read the passage and let's wind this thing up. Verse 18, chapter 9 of Matthew. While he was saying these things, to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but came, but come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away excuse me, and spread his fame through all that district. And as they were going away, behold, a demon-oppressed man who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisee said he cast out demons by the prince of demons. Okay, when we take these three episodes in total, I'm going to maintain there are really, at the end of the day, two primary things that sort of land on us. Okay, and number one... And it's very easy to, easy to see, are the effects of sin 
and the process of decay and death that sort of hovers over all of these episodes. So obviously, we have a situation where the daughter of the synagogue ruler has passed away. So there's, there's literal death. We have a woman who is um, um, dealing with an issue of blood that has kept her in social isolation um, and, and sort of in this state of ritual defilement for 12 years. And we know it's, it's 12 years um, uh, because, uh, well, it tells us this in verse 20, 20, I believe. And then we have these two blind men um, who are also in a place of, of desperation and uh, being unable to see, unable to help themselves, um, suffering the effects of the fall. And then finally, of course, this demon-possessed man. All four of these ep- kind of people in these different episodes really tell us, really communicate to us that the effects of sin and death are real, that outwardly we are wasting away, that, that death, both spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, um, sin impacts all of our beings. It, it permeates everything. It is literally a, a disease, not one that we catch by osmosis, but one that we inherit from Adam, one that is, is endemic to our human nature. Now, what's interesting about all of these four examples of death or decay is that they, that they in some way relate to spiritual or ceremonial uncleanliness. Now, obviously, we know from the book of Leviticus that touching a dead person or um, touching a person with an issue of blood, that both of those things not only made that person undefiled who was suffering from those things, but would make you undefiled as well. And so, so here we have this woman with blood. No one could touch her. No one could come near her. Um, she could not go and worship in the temple. We have this girl who is who has died. And again, the idea is, is not only was the body now ritually undefiled, but anyone coming into contact with that body would be ritually undefiled. But what's also interesting was with these two blind men, we, we find in Leviticus 21 that those who had any kind of deformity were barred from serving in the Aaronic priesthood or in the, the high priesthood position or the, the priests that were... Um, ministering alongside of them. And again, that was because um, any physical deformity was a sign of, um, was, was, a, was a part of ritual defilement. And unless you were a perfect sort of um, whole human specimen, you could not minister in that place. And again, this prefigured the idea that it would take a, re- a perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty for sin, of which the high priest was supposed to be a sign or marker. And then finally, of course, with the demon-possessed man, obviously no one possessed by a demon is going to be fit to worship God in their right mind. They're going to be defiled. So, so, so here, defilement, death, decay, ritual uncleanliness sort of just permeates this passage, right? That's number one. Number two is just the all-present, life-giving power and presence 
of Jesus to push back sin and death. Um, we, we see here this in, on every turn, where we would, on one hand, say, because the woman with blood is unclean, because this body of this girl is unclean, that anything they touch is going to be made unclean. But in fact, with Jesus, it is exact, exactly the opposite. Instead of him becoming unclean because of their touch, he makes them clean because of his touch. He, he is giving life. He is breaking into the darkness of sin and death to impart wholeness, to, to make alive what was dead, to make pure what was impure. We see this, of course, with the, with the blind men, that they were, um, because they had these physical defects due to no fault of their own, but Jesus, by virtue of his touch, okay, says he touched their eyes, that life literally goes out of him into them, and they are made whole. And then finally, of course, with this man who is mute, but who is possessed by a demon, that not only does Jesus make the man speak again, but he casts, <coughs> excuse me, he casts the demon out. Again, what are we seeing here? The life of the kingdom, the life of Jesus is breaking through on every level. And of course, we know that ultimately this physical healing is not the primary point. Okay, it's an important point. It's a prefigure of the healing that will one day come, right? But it's real because because the reality is is that all of these people will go on to die of something, right? They're not none of them are permanently healed. So it's not just about the physical healing. What it is is a testimony to who Jesus is. That is Jesus and Jesus alone who has the power over sin and death. It is Jesus and Jesus alone by virtue of this authority over all the realms of sin and death who has that unique authority <clears throat> to forgive sins. And that's really the, the, the real essence of this passage. Death on one hand, life on the other. And that life only comes through the presence um, and touch of Jesus Christ. And that, yes, while decay and death still permeate <coughs> excuse me, our world, nonetheless, the healing that Jesus brings in this life is a precursor. It, it's, a, it's a pointer to the permanent healing that he will one day bring when he returns again. We'll be free from sin and death. We'll be free from the effects of sin. We'll be made whole both inwardly and outwardly, both body, mind, soul, and spirit. And it's to, to this that we walk away amazed, stupefied, confounded by the life-giving person and work of Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the central part of this text which makes the unbelief of the Pharisees all the more confounding, right? But this life is available to all who simply recognize that they need it, that they don't have it, and apart from Jesus are lost and have no good thing. But with Jesus, there is cleansing um, both, both spiritually in this life 
in physically, holistically in the life to come. All right, thanks for joining us. I do want to have a little programming note. Next week, I'm going to be actually out of town. I'll ask you to pray for me. I'm going to be um, visiting uh, my father, who many of you know is has been sick with stage four pancreatic cancer, and I'm just going to be up there spending some time with him and helping him with some things. And um, just ask that you would you would pray for me while I'm while I'm away. So so no devotionals next week. But we will be back up and running, and I'm doing the math in my head, 9th, 10th, 11th, I think that's the 18th, September 18th, we'll be back here uh, doing this again. Let me pray. Lord, you're Lord over all, Lord over all sin, all death, all decay, over all pancreatic cancer. And Lord, we, um, sometimes you choose to heal us in this life um, for a season to remind us of the healing that you will ultimately bring us on the last day. So Lord, we are in desperate need of your cleansing mercy and grace. Pour that out upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a great next week. See you here um, Monday, September 18th.